This is episode number 209 of the Rising Man podcast with Julian Goudelet. In order to discover who you really are, you must go somewhere you've never been. Welcome back, Rising Man fam. Thanks for joining me here today. Jetty Azuma checking in behind the mic for another episode of the Rising Man podcast. Before I introduce my guest for today, last call to enroll for our June Compass. We are more than halfway full at this point with a couple of seats left to claim. So if you're interested in coming out to join us for a four-day solo wilderness fast in the month of June, go to risingman.org slash compass to apply. All right, my guest for today is Julian Guterlai. He's a facilitator, coach, podcaster, and entrepreneur. His focus and passion is on regenerative projects and supporting humans to deepen presence, freedom, and impact on this planet. In this episode, Julian and I took a deep dive into our roles and responsibilities as humans on this planet. First, I asked Julian to define regeneration and asked him the question, have we reached the point of no return? Julian offered that we're not here to save the planet, but to become one with the intelligence of life. We discussed what an appropriate balance of nature and technology looks like, admitting that there's actually no one right answer. We also talked about outsourcing responsibility and how we are leaning on machines and technology to save us and solve our problems. We talked about the impact of gaming and social media on the healthy development of our next generation. And lastly, why it's imperative for young people to travel outside of their comfort zones, especially to new environments in order to discover who they really are. This and so much more without further ado, Julian Guterlay. Rising Man family, I've got another amazing man joining me here today, Mr. Julian Guderlai, down in Nosara, Costa Rica at the moment. It's good to have you on here, bro. Yeah, thank you, Jetty. This is a pleasure to be on here with you and to dive into this conversation together. Yes, in spite of the fickleness of the Costa Rican Wi-Fi at the moment, we're making it happen. (laughs) Pura vida. You know, it's uh, one of those blessings. The better you feel in nature, the less your internet works. (laughs) Well said, man. That's a t-shirt waiting to happen. Um, (laughs) Well, I appreciate your tenacity, man. I've been following you for a while and just really appreciate the conversations that you're having around regeneration, regenerative, a regenerative context on this planet. So many people are talking about sustainability and the climate and the future, but I really like the way that you're doing it and the energy you bring to it. So I'm, I'm glad that the rising man audience gets to partake in that today. And, um, you know, the first thing I want to ask you, I ask every guest this where we, to, for starters is, what does it mean to be a man? Hmm. It's a deep question, right? Of the, right of the, the get-go. Yeah, no, what no it, punches. <laughs> what does it mean to be a man? Well, I, I think that means to be a human, right? And, and that's to be a human being and to, to walk the path of self-realization and to walk the path of becoming aware of our true identity our our identity as source in a human body and then as a as a man and as a you know male um that comes with a whole bag of um dispositions and so i think in this society that we're in it means to it means to soften and it means to be strong in a in a in a in a way from our heart and i also believe it means to stand in integrity and to honor our word and to you know bring our gifts and to create space for the women as much as for our brothers as well, but for the women and the children, so that the paradigm that's wanting to enter at this point onto the planet Earth can enter. 
And because I, you know, first said it means to be a human, <laughs> I believe as humans, when we look around how we do things or we, how we have done things in the last hundred years, we have this destructive trail, right? And so as part of our challenge as, as men is to let go of that arrogance that we're at the top of the food chain, that we're, that we figured shit out and to understand that we all don't really know. And, and that's really, that, that makes me feel insecure. <laughs> yeah. And if I can, if I can bring that into any connection, like, you know, it, the connection usually gets much more authentic. And then that's what it means to me at this current day on this beautiful, beautiful sunny day in Costa Rica. I love that, man. It, it makes me re remember, I go back several years to a men's circle that I was in. And one of the men said that the three words he loves hearing a man say are, I don't know. And what you mm -hmm. just shared just made me think of how many times in my life I felt like I needed to come up with the answers that that was part of my definition and my context around what it meant to be a man is that I need to be the last and final stop, right? The buck stops here. I I know what to do. I can figure it out. Mm -hmm. And and the reality, especially with the bigger conversations we're having right now, how to be better stewards of this planet, how to be in better relationship with literally our home that we've become so disconnected from and you use the word destructive. And I would agree. I think that's mm -hmm. been such a signature of manhood and masculinity over the years. And now it's like a reckoning point, right? We, we, we can't ignore it anymore. And so would you say that this idea of regeneration is the contrast to that destruction that we've been so accustomed to over the years? In short, yes. I think regeneration, you know, um, to define it a little bit is to me, it's a principle of life or a direction of life. Like, you know, um, and regeneration is a principle that's on effect at all times in nature. So, you know, things birth, things live, things die, things compose, things birth, things live, things die. And so that cycle is a cycle that we're a part of. And, and I believe we're not here to fix anything or we're here to not here to save the planet or um, we're simply here to understand to live as part of that cycle. And, and so that is reconciling our relationships, uh, all our relations and reconciling our relationship to our home, our planet, and each other. Um, and, you know, it, it, careful always, because we, we all grow up with this, you know, conceptual programming, everything is programmed through the mind. And so careful that we don't make regeneration another buzzword, like we made sustainability, right? Um, but I think it in itself is a much deeper uh, grove because it's, it's a principle. It's something that is present in nature. It's not something that like Julian's head made up, you know? So, so what I hear you saying is that this, the spirit of regeneration is something that's already happening. And as humans, we get to collectively choose to participate in that regenerative process instead of trying to control and manipulate it for our, our benefit. That, at least that's the way I look at it. I'm, I'm, I'm reading into a lot of what you said, but I like the idea that this is a process that is already happening. Nature is regenerating itself all the time. Is that what I'm hearing and what you're saying? A hundred percent. And like, uh, as we're part of nature, like we are nature and our body does the same thing. Like if you cut yourself, your skin will grow back, right? If you um, go through a, a hard time, you're, 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 if you have existing relationships, your community, your friends, your family will support you in that. And so the process of relationship is a big part of regeneration. And I think rather than recognizing ourselves as this like, powerful alien with all this technology you know uh, recognizing ourselves as part of nature then gets us to this principle of regeneration that allows us to you know learn from the indigenous ways of being and 
also reconcile of the pain we brought to this way of being, uh, as well as adopting some of the technologies going forward in a way that they serve us rather than destroy um, our hearts. Because, you know, if we drop in deeper into this topic, I think that's, that's the main reason for suffering is just like the separation we feel from each other, even though we're, we're all brothers and sisters and, you know, it's quite simple. That's, that's such an interesting formula to try and figure out right now, right? There's this, mm -hmm. there's this part of the conversation that suggests we, we ought to return back to a more natural way of being in relationship with the planet and the resources, right? More of that uh, indigenous, more ancient perspective on relationship with everything else around us, not just each other. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and even at this point, like we, we hardly have genuine relationships with each other, right? Um, exactly. And then there's also this, this side of the conversation that says, well, technologies can also be really useful if we can, mm -hmm. if we can use it and operate it in a responsible way that somehow finds the way to plug that into the natural current of things. So I, I get that it's not a precise science, but what do you think, what is, what do you think an appropriate balance of those things looks like moving forward? Mm -hmm. Whew. I love where we're going. Um, Obviously, I will state it though. I don't know. Right? That's the short answer. Like the three words. I, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, the three words, man. And uh, you know, they're part of my practice. I, I don't. I don't know what the appropriate balance is for everyone else. Um, but I'm committed to finding that for myself over and over and over again. Right. And so, um, yeah, I think at large, it has to do with our relationships with ourselves, with each other and with the natural world. And so technology can be absolutely used for good, no question. And there's tons of technologies that, that we might want to carry forward. But technology, the way that it has been introduced into our life, often without consent, often come like, well, think of, you know, when, when you and I grew up and, and today, like there's, there's this microchip that suddenly came closer and closer and closer and closer to the human body over the last 30 years. How come, like who, who, who put this there? Like, why are we doing this? What is this microchip doing so that, that it, like it's, it wants to move into our body. There are these projects where, you know, we want to, we want to become hyper intelligent. So why don't we hook ourselves up to machines? And I, I think that's a very dangerous direction because we understand so little of the intention of that. And in a, an appropriate relationship, for one, there's always consent. You can always choose. And two, I believe in an appropriate relationship, you, um, you can reconcile mistakes. So if you're realizing that, you know, the progress we've made so far comes with the cost of the destruction of our relationship to the destruction of our mental health and the destruction of our physical world, then it's time to reconcile that. And, um, you know, I'm not even talking about pollution or climate change. I'm talking about our relationships. Like we know that uh, mental health um, and, and suicide problems have gone through the roof, especially in teenagers. Right. We know that Instagram and, and, and co and, you know, all of these beautiful apps that, you know, I have my own personal cycle of using them as well. They are dopamine addiction, like production centers, you know, and so we go there to get a dopamine hit. And so it ultimately disconnects us from dropping in deeper and being in uncomfortable moments with real people and with our real families and with our real brothers and sisters. And I think that's where the question of appropriate comes back in. And I do believe we have to graduate over it. I don't think there's anything evil we need to point out on, but 
questioning it and graduating over it and then choosing where is the balance that allows you to have not just fulfilling relationships so that you win the popularity contest or you look good or you but fulfilling relationships that actually have space for life to show up so that they have space for the process and the progress that we're actually on and what i mean with that is you know relationships when they're deep they're not just happy moments lots of the happy moments feed from having gone through uh, challenging moments together and having built the resilience uh, to be like hey you remember that time when i thought you're an idiot and, and and you you thought i'm an asshole well i'm so glad we sat with each other and breathed together and listened to each other all the way um and usually we don't need technology for that we don't need um to post about that on instagram to actually experience that level of depth and so i think that's where that balance and that appropriateness conversation begins you know I really like that perspective. The word that kept ringing in my head as you were describing that is responsibility. And when I look mm-hmm. at greater society and I, I, I study the the evolution of humans over the generations through the different eras, is it there's there's a trend that seems like we're taking less and less responsibility for ourselves and for the people around us as time goes on. And when you said that thing about the microchips getting closer and closer <laughs> to the body, it's like whether it's a microchip or it's some other automated process or some other technology, we're we're essentially looking to offload responsibility onto something outside of ourselves because then we're not on the hook. And the problem with that is that it the what you were saying was this um this trust. I, I heard mm-hmm. also heard trust. You know, to be able to be in those hard conversations together, to be able to take responsibility for when we fall short or we don't follow through on what we said, it builds that that trust that then creates this integrity, the other word that you mentioned before. And when we're, when we don't take responsibility in the first place, it makes it exponentially more difficult for, for those other, the trust and integrity to fall into place. And I think that's, when I look at things at at scale, I think that's the greater issue that we're facing. Nobody wants to take responsibility for the state of the planet, right? Everyone wants to, you know, point fingers and pass the buck. Nobody wants to take mm. responsibility for, like you said, the the rates of suicides and depression, economic crises. Everyone's always looking for someone or something else to blame it on. And then someone or something else to come in and save us and make it all mm. better. So bringing that full circle back to the opportunity that's here right? To take responsibility, to step into those shoes and fulfill it. You said our role is not to save the planet, but then what is our role? Well, I believe our role is the, the pathway of self-realization, which means is the, the understanding and the recognizing of who we truly are. And based on that, building relationships with all of life, mm-hmm. right? And if we go one level deeper, you know, you, you speak about responsibility and, and it, it, it's so true. We have this conceptual desire to outsource responsibility. That's the promise of the machine world, right? The machine world promise used to be that possibly there is a quantum intelligence that can answer all of our questions, but that's just us outsourcing responsibility rather than knowing your own questions, sitting with them and trusting who you are. So what is our role here? If it's not to fix the external world, it's to really know ourselves, to realize ourselves. right? I just said that. And so what that means for me is to understand who we are. And, you know, I'm, I'm a yogi, I'm, you know, I'm a breathwork teacher. I host retreats. I'm a coach. I do all these things. And I do them from my inner belief that, and my understanding that, I am not this body, but this body is a device. It's a technology. 
It's a natural technology and I can tap into the abilities of this technology when I know how to open and close the energy centers of the body. And so we have innate intuition. We have a connection to the field. We have a intuitive connection to our heart. All of this is proven through science today. So it's pretty easy to talk about it because if you're interested, look up some of the, the science behind it, you know? And so when we understand our own body as a technology and we understand to trust and to, um, to know actually how our own device works, then the desire to outsource this responsibility becomes almost laughable because why would I want to do this if I'm already in this technology that I'm not wanting to use? And then full circle to how we do anything and how we are taking responsibility. And actually, Jetty, this reminds me of a, uh, an Instagram live of yours I've watched. And I just, I just watched it now before this episode again. And it's funny how life works. It just intuitively, I clicked this and it was you before a ceremony for a brother of yours um, sh carving wood, uh, shaving wood that was about to get burned. And you were talking about how you do one thing is how you do everything and how you put intention into something matters. And you were saying something in this video that you could just get a machine and like, vroom, vroom, like, you know, shave the wood off, you're done in five minutes and you're, you're fast tracked to the result. But that's not really in integrity with the true intention of the prayer that that ceremony was. And that wasn't an integrity with the relationship you have to that brother. And so faster isn't always better. In fact, you know, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. So when we, when we understand who we are and then we are on the journey of embodiment, I believe that's the best thing we can do for the planet, for each other, for our relationships. Now, just to land the plane there. I don't believe that means me or anyone is achieving perfection in the way we are. Quite the opposite. We're on a learning journey. And I don't pretend that in the 21st century, you know, it's the year 2022, some of my actions aren't inconsequential or aren't paradoxical. That's simply the world we're living in. But I do believe that we're in a time of reconciliation. It's the, it's, it's the pathway forward is to reconcile these relationships with ourselves and others in the natural world. And only when we do this, will we be deeply fulfilled? Will we be deeply happy? And will we find our position in an ecological balance with the natural world? Yeah, I really resonate with that a lot. And it was, when you were sharing that about the, the live that I did, it just reconnecting mm -hmm. me back to that. Um, there's, it, it's so important because it's so easy to forget that, you know, it's so easy for me to forget. Um, I was just in a men's circle last night. And one of the things that was reflected back to me, I was, I was like on the hot seat and getting some questions thrown at me to help me out with something. And one of the guys asked me, he said, so are you someone who's more focused on results or the process? Are you results driven or process oriented? And I was like, whoa, you know, I'd like to think I'm a process person, but if I'm, if I'm honest, I've really been focused on results recently and going into that that cascade of when I'm focused on the result, then yeah, I'm thinking about efficiency. I'm thinking about how can I just get this done? And it, it, it removes me from those other opportunities to learn and to grow like you were alluding to and backing up another step to something that you said about outsourcing responsibility and putting ourselves into technology before mastering this original technology we were given our human mm -hmm. bodies and everything that we have it makes me it made me think of gaming and social media for a second um i don't know if you mm -hmm. were ever a gamer but 
I played games when I was in like a teenager college. Yeah, yeah, there's like that. There's like that temptation to you know pl- yeah. plug all, pour all of your energy into this character, and then you know you you take risks with that character. That character can die, but they can regenerate, and it's like I think there's a, a correlation there to what's what's happening at a greater scale. You know, our, our desire to you know take risks with with somebody else's life when something else is at stake, and to escape mm-hmm. into that instead of actually experiencing it myself. When I could be the hero in a video game very easily because the stakes and the consequences are less, or I could be the hero in life, right? And just like close the computer screen and fully engage with what challenges this character is having. Um, and I wonder if you have any thoughts about that. Cause that immediately just sparked that in my mind. And I think it's a, a really relevant conversation for a lot of people who listen. Short answer again is simply yes. Like what you're saying is yes, yes, yes. Because that's, that's, that's exactly the process, right? There is um, such a perceived ease in pouring all your energy into this character that isn't really you, but your your conceptual mind thinks it's you. So it's like this character of you in the metaverse or this character in you in Counter-Strike or whatever. But that's just like another like deflection mirror of the real mirror that reality is because in the real mirror that reality is through your physical consciousness well through your consciousness in this physical body like you are that character (laughs) so who is the jedi azuma character who are you making him to be right and then you have the choice are you making him to be from the ego perspective or are you making him to be from the the true perspective of integrity with the relationships that he carries out in life and I would, you know, go as far and lean out of the window and and say, like metaphorically, that everyone has a deep intuition in their dream state and a medicine state and a meditation state, or, you know, even just in a thought process that there there is a, a version of you that is an integrity with your relationships and you know how that version would look. But to do that, I mean, it takes guts and it, it takes trial and error and it, it it isn't a smooth path all the time and to do that is you know it's so joyful once you're fully embracing it but unfortunately most people go through a schooling system that trains them in a conceptual reality and in a and programs them quite frankly right and so once you're programmed in this conceptual understanding removing yourself from your own bodily experience feels comfortable feels safe now, unfortunately, then you get even more susceptible to other programs. And so <laughs> that's a whole clusterfuck, you know, and we could talk about that for a while. But I think the other side is much more interesting. So when you come back to the body, you know, plant medicines help, uh, any form of water or, or breath work helps, right? Like immersing into the ocean, cold water plunges, uh, waterfalls, whatever it is, they all help because they bring you into your cellular structure. And then you start to fire information in your body. And that information wants to be lived. That's what I mean with self-realization. And what I can say is it's exciting. It's really exciting. And getting lost in that pathway is okay too. You will always find time to reconcile. Like we as a species have so much need to reconcile what we did wrong because doing wrong is part of doing right. Like it's, it's paradoxically true, right? And so we, we want to be on that path, I believe. You know? And my invitation to everyone listening is like, be on that path. Find your brothers on this path. And, and understand your role, like your true role, because 
you don't want to try to be like this guy on Instagram or like, like this guy on, on, on the television. That's the program we've all been fed. But if you choose to be you, like that's going to be a wicked ride and everyone else will feel it. Right. This is, this is part of my work in the world is to support people to bring their essence into their life. When you live your own essence, that part of you that is unmistakably you and not conceptually you unmistakably you it's like a magnet like to the point where the animals will start following you you know because <laughs> they're like this human feels real good you know yeah yeah I, I like that that's a the way you describe that to me is a, is a, a really good take on this this fear of failure right how many people are talking mm. about this fear fear of failure that we have to overcome because the type of responsibility and being fully engaged with our bodies and our experience and our own hero's journey, hero's story means mm. that we're on the hook for all of it. And that's uncomfortable. Exactly. That's really uncomfortable. But at some point we learned that to, to fail and to take risks at that measure is it's a really risky and dangerous thing. When in reality, like you said, in, in order to figure out the right, there's gotta be how many, how many wrongs in order to have the success, how many times you have to fail at doing something mm. before you can become competent with it. And, there, there's just something else you said that reminded me of this question we had that came up just before we started recording about uh, this this desire, right? You, I think you talked about it as an innate sense of knowing, right? That's how I understood it. But there's this desire that we also have to uh, to have impact, to have impact mm. on our on the world around us in a positive way. But what does it really look like to affect meaning, meaningful change around us? Like, what does it look like mm -hmm. to affect change that is actually meaningful in the world around us? Hmm. Yeah, it's like a golden question, right? I think for honoring this conversation, I want to start again with the difference between the conceptual answer to this and the embodied path of this. So the conceptual answer is like, oh, if I can build a company that's going to create this amount of revenue and going to employ these amount of people and going to, you know, blah, 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 this amount of carbon and da, 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 da. That's conceptually an impact that is maybe desirable. And in certain circles, you will be shoulder tapped for that. And it's like, well done, dude, you know. But in actual reality of the embodied path, that might not be the path that's actually you contributing most essence to this planet and this reality we're creating that then leads to most understanding and love and therefore for all relationships to thrive, right? So as I said at the very beginning, as men, you know, I believe we're stewards and I believe we're stewards for life. And I believe that means for the women and the children. And that's not always easy because for my ego, it might be more fun to shine all the time about how dope of a guy I am, you know, but, but that's not really what it's about. I believe, I believe impact is to, to make your life count, to bring your essence into this, this pool of life and to let people feel it and feel it in a way that it creates more life um that's the, the best i can describe the embodied path in words right now um, but i think the main takeaway here is to really differentiate in your own life is this the the concept the idea that you think you should be doing and then ask yourself is this even your idea or where does this idea come from or is this what you do when you're in a, in a high vibrational state, is that what you do after you meditate? Is that what you do after you do a medicine journey? Is that what you do after you uh, are with your, your family and you feel loved? Like, 
because that is something very different. And I think, Jedi, you can probably relate, you know, because creating Rising Man and creating the podcast and creating these, these programs and you probably at some point have asked yourself, is this really the best way I can be of impact in this world? Totally. Yeah. And the answer is likely from a conceptual mind answer, answer is always like confusion because mm. it's like, maybe not, maybe something else, but from a deep inner knowing, the answer is yes, 100%. Let me give more to it. I'm really glad that you said that. Cause that's, that's the honest truth. Um, even recently yeah. I've had, I've, I've questioned things. Yeah. It, it circles back periodically where all of a sudden I'll look at what I'm doing and say, is this really having the impact that I imagined it having? Am I, am I really making the kind of impact that I imagined that I would? And it, it is, it's more that felt sense because the logical mind can never make sense of it. The logical mind can talk me into every different scenario. It can talk me mm. into the yes, it can talk me into the no, it can talk me into the maybe, but it's really my body that knows. And every time I ultimately check in with my body, it's, it's clear that, yeah, maybe there's some adjustments to make to what I'm doing and how I'm doing that. But I mean, the trajectory, there's, there's no doubt about it when I really connect to it. And I know that's, that's something that is, I got to keep reconnecting to because it does, it does shift. It does change. It does evolve relative mm -hmm. to what's happening around me. And I think that goes back to what you said before about uh, this in the spirit of regeneration, you know, re returning back to being in relationship with the rhythms of nature and the things that are moving around us. Cause a logical brain will try to force and fit its way into whatever the circumstances are, right? Problem solving mm. solutions, you know, startup tech, I think it's Silicon Valley, right? They're always trying to figure out how can we come up with a solution to adjust to these circumstances when really it's, it's more of this, this dance that we need to figure out how to do all over again. Yes. And, you know, everyone has a different essence to bring to this dance. So for some people, this might mean to build a form of technology or to build a form of a company. I believe in general, way less than our society focus believes that at this moment in time, way less, right? It's much more about relationships and embodying love, much more. But I think there's another through line here that is extremely important to highlight in this conversation because it's such a beautiful organic conversation that you and I are having that we're both, you know, creating programs. We're both, you know, interested, like you're holding up a big flame for men's work and it's part of my life as well. And we're both podcasters. And, and so I've definitely gone through this, this doubt process many, many times. But the through line here is that in real relationships, we nurture each other. Okay. What I mean with that is if you're nurtured by your family, by your friends, by your peers, and nurtured means if you're being loved for who you are, then this doubt will get smaller and smaller and smaller because when you show up as who you are and you're being loved for who you are, you don't care if you get a million clicks on a platform or 11 clicks on a platform. You don't actually care about this because your intimate circle reflects nurture. And I think on a big picture, we, we want to be compassionate with everyone in this world right now because we didn't grow up in a world like that. We've, we've grown up in a world, in a schooling system where we moved away from nurture into only performance and only measure of performance. And so that's really toxic to our spirit to a certain degree. It's, it's great for other parts. I'm not against performance, of course, but 
it's it's really important to understand that the human spirit wants to be loved into the existence of being a human and and that being loved into existence means nurtured and so if we were all nurtured and i don't mean uh, helicoptered as a child that every child wins right. a trophy i don't mean that at all i mean nurtured for your own curiosity for your own essence for your own failure for your own ability to learn from failure for your own resilience to have learned from old failures when you're nurtured for that then that ability just gets stronger and stronger and stronger and in men's circles i believe that's what we're really here to do with each other is to not just clean up old shit definitely let's do that let's also reconcile all the wrong that has been done but to then nurture each other forward into our powers and abilities, not just based on performance, but based on integrity, relationship, and responsibility. And that to me is the gateway to really loving and nurturing myself, right? I mean, those here's talk about buzzwords, right? Self-care, self-love. I needed to really learn how to trust that the love and the acknowledgement and the appreciation that I was receiving from people around me, that it wasn't all just a bunch of BS. Cause inside of my head, my ego is just wanting to like punch it and like push it back. No, you don't, but if you only saw what it was like when you're not around and if you only knew how much I'm failing over here and you know, mm-hmm. the thoughts I have when I'm by myself, I resisted that for so long. And I think that's something I, I know I've, it's something I've seen in men's circles and men's spaces is that we can provide that nurturing, that, that sense of care, that, that love that you're speaking of, but unless we really transform that into something we can genuinely hold for ourselves, then it, it, it doesn't quite settle in. Cause the reality right now, man, is everybody around me loves me exactly for who I am. They don't care about how much money I make. They don't care about mm. how, what I'm doing with my bit, how big my business is, how popular the podcast is, all of those other social metrics that we have these days. Nobody yeah. who, who, who really matters to me cares about any of that stuff. They love me for the person that they know in front of them. And there's still times where that's, that's not enough for me to still really love myself. So there's like a, there's like another journey that happens there before reaching that place. Like you're talking about, like the full expansive, cause 'cause I've, I've felt that and I feel that Mm. a majority of the time, but I'm still finding myself in that dance. I've got a lot of love around me. It's, it's this inside love that I'm still navigating. Mm -hmm. And that's what I meant with the compassion for each other. Because I, be- I believe after, you know, having lived on three different continents and immersed with different cultural groups everywhere I go and learn the languages and so forth, like that is our shared human um, field right now. Like we're in this together and we all, um, you know, we all can let in a lot more love. And in order to do that, some of our systems will need to change. Some of our systems will need to break down so that this external power over us is just deflating its influence and ability. And so that this internal um, and relationship-based reality can just grow and get bigger. And as that shift is happening, which is totally happening, we're totally in it, you know? Um, It's just, uh, if you watch CNN every day, your perception of it is a bit different than if you watch um, different news, you know? But as that shift is happening, we're all learning to love ourselves more or and, and now I'm going to, you know, give my own words to that because I agree with you, like self-love and self-care are, are quite the buzzwords right now. I think we're just learning to be with life because life is like that. 
You know, the sun rises every morning. No one does anything for that. Well, we're eclipsing the sun, but, you know, it rises from our perspective every morning. No one does anything for that. It just happens. The birds wake up every morning and make this like the most spectacular jungle, you know, the, the, the flowers and the plants, they all know perfectly what to do every day. So how come that we've lost our way so much that we don't understand what our role is so that we're unhappy about our space and existence? That's a total clusterfuck that isn't even real. What's real is that the sun rises every morning, that the birds come out and like make their noise and it's gorgeous. And, you know, that's what's real. And there's a role and a place for us in that reality. So this brings me back to something else we talked about before we started recording the, the imprinting that we have from our cultural upbringing, right? The, mm-hmm. the things from how we were raised, the, the backgrounds that we were born and raised into how, how much of an impact that has. Cause there, there's also that programming that, that influences us and we have to decide what needs to be discarded and jettisoned and what we need to plug, what, what else we need to plug in. And you, you were talking to me about the, the programming you had from your German upbringing and that, mm. that way that that's influenced you. So I, I'd like, I wonder if you would talk a little bit about the cultural imprinting you've got and make it, make it a little more personal. You know, what has been your journey? What have you been contending with in order to mm. navigate this, this love journey? Mm. Yeah, that's, that's so great. I, you know, when I speak about that often, I go straight to the point where the, the, the first big turnaround of that was, which was when I went abroad as a teenager, because it all became so aware and I became so aware of it, but the imprinting, I mean, I grew up in a very loving environment. I, I do have to start there. But the imprinting was, you know, like a performance-based culture that is, is very much, um, it's all about accuracy. It's all about knowing. And, and I think all, most Western countries um, create that environment for people. It's all about knowing. And so you always want to know and you always want to get acknowledgement for how much you know. And so it does make you a know-it-all, right? And then it, it does create this, this arrogance also about what you know and what others don't know. And I went totally through that portal and, you know, um, still sometimes I don't say I, I don't I wouldn't say I suffer from it but still sometimes just become aware in moments of like oh look now I could do that or say that or interrupt someone right there but I'm, I'm just going to be doing this that I remember when I was 12 that already hurt someone you know and so it might not be easy to hold back and just sit there and breathe but you know just like you go to the gym um, to get uh, big biceps you really do that so that you can carry the groceries from the car to the house, right? <laughs> so the same with breath work. I really do all this breath work so that in the right moment, I can take a deeper breath into my belly and open my solar plexus and just be like, in my heart, it, this doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if I know right now, you know? Um, so that's one of them for sure. Um, it's one of them. Let me jump in for a second because that, yeah. that piece that you said right in the beginning about that that pivot point, I guess it was, where you said it really, really mm-hmm. started to change. Mm-hmm. Similarly for me, the, the first time I traveled away from everyone and everything that I ever knew, for me, it yeah. happened when I was in graduate school, I was studying to be a physical therapist. And one of the things that we had to do was to do these internships. And I just wanted to get away. I'd just gone through a big breakup and I was really broken up about it. And I wanted to just get as far away as I could and have like an adventure. And so I, I was nice. going to school in upstate New York. And so I picked, uh, they had this whole chart of like hundreds of places that you can go. And I was like, uh, what's in New Mexico? <laughs> like of all places, New Mexico. And the, the site was Northern Navajo Medical Center in Shiprock, New Mexico. Whoa. And I was like, 
that sounds interesting. You know, I'll go spend 12 weeks there. I don't really know what I'm stepping into, but I've never been to New Mexico. That's really far away. And it was an amazing experience for a whole number of reasons. I mean, the, yeah. there was the, during the day, it was kind of like a Batman experience, right? During the day I was going and I was being a physical therapist, learning how to do that better. And then as soon as I got off of work, I was fully immersing into this community on the reservation and working with the boys and the girls and the, and the elders in the community. That was my first ex expo exposure to ceremony in that way. Um, but at the heart of it, the biggest lesson I took away was I needed to go somewhere where nobody knew me mm -hmm. to see who I really was. Cause mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the purest reflection. I think that I, that I could get at that time of myself was, well, who am I when I show up somewhere where people have no context or background of who I am? That's, that's who, that's who I am at the, at the core, right? That's who shows up is someone in that space. So what you said before about traveling abroad and just getting out from, you know, fledging the nest and getting out from these comfortable patterns and familiar surroundings mm -hmm. is a great way to find out who you are and why I encourage mm -hmm. a lot of people, whatever that looks like, you know, maybe it's not going completely to the other side of the world, but going somewhere unfamiliar to you is really important. Yeah, such a beautiful example. I didn't know that about you. And, you know, I'd be, I'd be curious to, to at another time, oh, I'll have you on uh, Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And so we'll, um, we'll, you know, that's my podcast for anybody who doesn't, didn't, didn't read the show notes yet. Um, and we'll talk about that experience a bit more. It's, you know, it's, you're right, you're right on, like, go out and make an experience where you're you'll never be alone, but where you're alone, where your environment changes so much that you are faced with the reflection of who you really are. What was interesting for, for me was that I went from Germany, uh, a first world country, an industrialized nation in like that conceptual labeling to a third world country, Paraguay for 12 months <laughs> in like the heart of South America. And, you know, so not just did no one know me? And so I had to see what my reflection is in these people, but also the cultural reflection was so drastic that a few months into the experience, I was shattering my cultural impression of Germany or my, my normalcy was shattered. And I was like deliberately kicking it because I'm like, I don't actually dig some of these values. And, and that's what really turned the bus around for me because, you know, it, you know, people talk about the red pill, blue pill moment in matrix. It's, it was like, a natural occurrence for me where I'm like, I don't really care about some of these industrialized measures. I really care more about this, this real connection these people are having here. And, you know, I mean, Paraguay has changed too. Like every, everywhere is uh, filled with social media and a microchip that's moved closer to the body from the example from earlier. So people have become more alike, you know, but still there, there's, there's just been some cultural and some indigenous um, richness and, and wisdom there for me that I will forever cherish. And, it it mixed with one more factor, Jetty, and we talked about this in this episode already. And the factor was the amount of failure I had to go through in this year. And that's something I wish for everyone to go through a deliberate process of failure. I'll give you an example. As a kid, we all learn how to walk. And as we learn how to walk, we fall down countless amounts of time. In fact, no one counts how often a kid falls down because it's irrelevant. Because the process is joyfully nourished with love until you walk. And so that's a metaphor for how you can, in my case, I then learned a language, I learned Spanish in that year, you know, where I had to fail so many times to get anywhere close to being able to articulate myself. And it, it showed me the beauty of breaking the ego to say yes to a process and to surrender to a process 
to arrive at a different result. And as you said earlier, you know, you were like, well, you're kind of a results person at the moment, but really that process had me fall in love with the process itself. Because learning a language is like either you fear it and you have all these stories that you're too old for it and like you can't, you was never good at it in school. Like, I don't believe any of those stories. Or you just do it and you realize like, yeah, like, wow, this, this can be tough at moments. And whew, you know, when you hear yourself recorded, like, wow, I sound like a fool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but all of those are such beautiful metaphors and reflections to how any process in life works. And um, that's why I said, I wish that for everyone is like, look for these, these, these journeys where you can fail hard in a safe way that, you know, lets you fall in love with the process of life. Because when we're kids and we learn how to walk, there is no one who is like, no, I fell down 200 times. I'm done. I'm just going to crawl for the rest of the, uh, all my days. No one does that, you know, because our curiosity and our desire to embody that part of the human ability is just so big that it overrides our fear, our hold back, our resistance. And so I believe that, you know, we talked about regeneration being a principle of life. And I believe that's another principle of life is there are certain desires when you connect with the purity of it, you just go all the way. Yeah. And nourish, nourishment is a big part of that. Well, I love that. You just dropped the bomb right there. You know, look for journeys where you can fail hard in a safe way. I, I really mm -hmm. like that one. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pass that one around. Cause that's, that's such a big thing. I, I find myself looking back on my journey and, and, and I wish that I had done even more of that at a younger age. One of my favorite things to tell young people right now, I, I, I tend to have young guys around me, you know, guys like in their mm -hmm. early twenties guys. And I remember what it was like. I, a lot of these guys want, have so much ambition, so much energy, mm -hmm. so much drive and constantly keep running up against themselves. And one of the mm -hmm. things I love to tell them right now is you really can't screw it up. There's only three things you can do at that age, you know, before you have kids, before you have a partner, before you've made some of these bigger life commitments, there's only three things you could do that would really significantly impact your trajectory. Number one is having a child before you're ready. Number two is, I usually say committing a felony, but maybe going to jail, right? Something that like, you know, that, that impacts you in a big way. And the third one is dying. So if you can, <laughs> if you, if you can make sure that you don't do those three things, there's really nothing else that you can do that you can't find your way back from. And I also hear in what you're saying, you use language. For me, it's martial arts is what I connect mm -hmm. with most, that, that beginner's Beautiful. mindset, right? To be able to, to be in the, in the mindset of the white belt because when I'm in that mindset that I should know how to do this, I should be as good as this person, I start comparing myself or judging myself for where mm -hmm. I am, it blocks those greater lessons and the, and the deeper learning that I just heard you speaking about. And so... So especially for, for young guys, I mean, everyone really, right. I mean, beginner's mindset is applicable all through the duration of life, but particularly for, for men out there, I know that that's such a difficult thing. And it's, it's, it's linked to that resistance we have to failing and that, that, that alone is a practice, right? Learning how to accept that it goes back to responsibility too. We don't want to own our failures because of the stories we create around what that means about me and my competency as a man on this planet, when really everybody's failing left or right. And the people who we see as successful have a, a long wake of failures that they had to navigate in order to get there. So 
you know, it's nothing groundbreaking. It's nothing that hasn't already been said before, but it's interesting how, how much resistance there is to embracing that failure. I think that's why there's also really high suicide, depression, anxiety mm-hmm. rates in young people too, because we're so, the stakes seem so high. Right. And on the other side of that, right, in, in a healthy mental, um, mental state or in a healthy relationship, resilience is a really big factor of what creates that, that glue and that health. And so you get resilient by doing great things and to fuck up sometimes. You get resilient when you understand that there is this spectrum of um, experiences and results at all times, and then you keep moving, right? So you mentioned martial arts, I mentioned languages, music would be another thing. And I think it's also very important to mention, it doesn't have to be a business or a thing you want to create, right? Like. Uh, in a healthy relationship with yourself, you're honoring these different facets of your character, right? Like to weave in a, a thread from earlier, you, you could go and play PlayStation and let out that facet of your character, or you could just, I don't know, let's say that you play FIFA and you're a soccer player for you. Yeah, I love, love FIFA for a long time and overplayed it for sure. But really many times in my life, I've come to this, this clarity where I'm like, I just prefer to kick a ball so much more than to like push my thumbs, you know? And so to let that facet come out and to, to just embody it, even though me playing soccer isn't productive, me playing soccer doesn't make me, uh, doesn't make me better at languages or music or martial arts. But it, what it does is it's, it's me experiencing myself in my body with other people. Cause it's pretty hard to play soccer alone. Right. And so um, it's just, applying this wisdom to more than just the productive or goal-oriented things is another layer that many people overlook. And that's why I believe failure is, is such a tough threshold because failing in something that means the world to you, that's risky. But failing in something that's safe or failing in something where you have a safe group of people around you, that's, that's clever. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Well said, man. Really well yeah. said. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love that you, that you brought that in. It made me think of that, that it doesn't have to be a business, right? I mean, especially this day and age, right? Everyone's looking for how to leverage a passion into a business. And it doesn't always have to be that sometimes it can, but it doesn't have to be that there's, there's one guy on Instagram. I won't mention his account. Cause I don't know if he wants me, you know, to like, if he wants this part of his story to be out there, but there's a, there's a pretty popular Instagram account that's in this field of manhood and masculinities, you know, he's got around 20,000 followers and, and it's all a bunch of just content. Like, you don't, I, I reached out to this person cause I was like, who's running this account? Who, who's behind the scenes, you know, the, the wizard behind the curtain. And I started talking to this guy and, and what was revealed is that he, he started doing this because he was just so passionate about what he was learning for himself. Right. He was, mm-hmm. he was going to get the information for himself. He was totally in the beginner's mindset. And he realized, I just want to have a place to share this with more people. So he started doing it. And lo and behold, it just gathered a ton of traction and became this really popular thing. And so I was asking him, well, what do you plan to do with this? Because I'm coming from that mindset that everyone on Instagram is out to make a business or some sort of mm-hmm. livelihood for themselves. And he's like, it's like, honestly, I just, I just feel really passionate about it. And I want to, and I, and I think it's helping people. So I continue to do it. And I was like, man, that is so pure. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's so pure because to me, especially in that domain, right? Instagram, everybody is trying to, and I, I put myself in the same bin, right? Like I'm, I'm part mm-hmm. of that, like, you know, the social media online business world. Of and, course. and there's somebody here in the space who's still connected to just the simplicity of doing something because it matters to them and they see that it's serving other people. Uh, 
I just wanted to shout that out because I thought that was just really inspiring to see that there, there, it can be, it can look like that. You can be doing that. And, and everywhere else in his life, I was like, how's the rest of your life? He's like, it's great, man. You know, I, I love my life. I love everything I got going on. I've got challenges like everybody else, but overall I feel fulfilled. <laughs> you know? And, and that, that's exactly the through line of that example, right? If you do things for the passion of it and you do things because they light you up and you do things that light you up without a means to an end, your energy is just floating. And when your energy is floating, you're floating. Like things are starting to happen. Like you're, you're starting to, you know, just become that magnet again. Right. And what I mean, floating as like a cork floating on the water, like you're just, you're just bobbing. And that's a, that's a good, that's a good vibration to, to practice and to be in every day. And so um, I think a lot of people get lost in the, in performance culture and, you know, full circle to when you asked me about my, my upbringing in, in my first 14 years in Germany, like that, that was one of the the first foundational layers that I don't want to blame it. I think all of Western cultures we have that very much in in the schooling system today, probably almost everywhere actually. But but that performance culture that isn't actually really performance because performance means you're using back to self realization. You're using your physical vessel. You're using your mental. Um, you know, imagination station, that's your mind, you know, like your mind isn't here to think things up. Your mind is here to be, to be a dreamer. You, you want to empty that mind so that you have space in it so that you can dream up some brilliant images that you want to live. Right. I mean, anyway, that's a whole other conversation. And, and so when you use that, that, that vehicle that, that, that you're given, then we can start about talking about performance and, and it, it's like you fill the different levels of it and then not all of them are business not all of them are, are just like the project that you need to make powerful and as you said i see i see my younger version in that and i see lots of people that i supported events or in coaching relationships run through this over and over again and it's so simple and it's like you know theoretically you don't need to pay anyone to know that you can just you can just you can just listen to an episode like this and get it like, like do things that light you up across the board so that you lit up <laughs> and then bring that passion to everything that you make count. I love that, man. That's, that's a good place to start to wrap things up. Obviously you and I can go on forever and, and we, and we will, we'll get to continue and do a, another chapter on, on your show next week. So yes. in the meantime, uh, let me ask you a few lightning round style questions. Then you can tell everybody more about your projects and what you're up to so they can continue following you. Uh, first question is what is one thing you've learned in your life that you wish you knew back when you were 18? One thing I've learned that I wish back when I was 18 is to breathe open my solar plexus. And what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? To love from purity, to love for the sake of loving. And what I mean with purity is to have no intention to go somewhere with it, but to be present with love. Right. And what is one thing that the world needs more of from men right now? Or less of, more or less of? I think what the world needs more from men is to trust other men. And what, what, we, what we need less of is uh, like a superficial level of, of um, chit chat, not to demonize that. Like it can be a, a great soother. But what I mean with that is we all crave deeper connection. So let's, let's just go there. Let's just go there with each other. 
Julian. Uh, well, man, it's been such an honor and a pleasure to have you on here today. I'm looking forward to jamming with you next week again. And in the meantime, where would you like people to go to follow you, to find you, tune into the podcast and all of the amazing offerings that you've got? Right. Um, anyone who's inspired, I th- my, my, my reply to your um, request there is just reach out. Like, you know, I obviously read my own messages. I, you know, um, Instagram is a good place to reach out. Email is a good place to reach out. Um, it's all on my website. It's greenplanet-blueplanet.com. Um, my project, you know, I do a few different things. I have a podcast that I love for the same style that Jetty, you love yours. It's the connection, it's the conversation, it's the weaving, the connectivity. Subscribe to it. It's on Spotify, it's on iTunes. I regularly host events that are immersion experiences. Um, next ones are going to be in Brazil, Costa Rica, and Egypt um, for this year. So if you're curious about that, reach out. And I have different programs, one-on-one programs and group programs. And Again, they're all findable on my website, but but reach out. Like that's really what I would say because the way we connect when we connect for real one-on-one shows us where the journey leads us. And, and so that's my call to action. I love it, man. Julian, such an honor to connect with you and get to know you in, in this capacity, in this forum. And I look forward to jamming with you on your show next week. Keep enjoying that Pura Vida down in Costa Rica, man. And until next time, man, have a have a wonderful, wonderful day. Pura Vida. Thank you so much. This was a, a fun time spent with you. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you swing by risingman.org for access to links and resources mentioned in this episode and every episode of the Rising Man podcast. Please subscribe to us. Give us that five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. And if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel yet, please go swing over there and hit the subscribe button, youtube.com slash the Rising Man movement. Big shout out to all of you supporters out there, everyone in the Rising Man fam. Lots of love to each and every one of you. Thank you for tuning in each and every week, for sharing, for supporting, and everything that you're doing to advance the Rising Man movement. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.